Young people are faced with a lot of important decisions. One of the biggest issues is how much to further their education and what career path to follow. Everyone wants to create a meaningful life for themselves, but it can be hard to know what to choose, especially when surrounded by expectations from parents, teachers, peers, and society in general. We have some excellent guests with us today to discuss these issues. Let's have a quick introduction. My name is Jennifer Rodriguez Lewis. I am currently in my 50s and I work as a forensic phlebotomist for nursing services. Other than that, I'm a stay-at-home mom and grandma. I'm a regular student at the college. I'm studying IS. So I'm a professor at Utah State University and I teach leadership. And it focuses on leadership as a growth opportunity. So regardless of what you're studying, we believe leadership is an enabling art that makes everything better. Stepping from high school, a fairly structured environment with limited options, to the job market or college experience can be confusing and stressful. Okay, look, we all face that thing because, you know, when we graduate from the high school, we don't know what to do. We find ourselves that we are lost. We don't know what to study, what to, which major we have to go and study. So we have to search, we have to discover. You have to know what the thing you love, you like to do. Then you can go which major it's similar to your opinion, similar to your uh, like Fish. your habits, your thing that you are a much skilled thing you have. Every person has had their own journey in finding the career that is right for them. Parental pressure can play a large role in the decisions young people are making. Studies show that from elementary school and onwards, children are capable of making decisions for themselves as responsibly as the ones their parents make for them. However, most parents don't trust their kids to make the right decisions for themselves. For some, this parental guidance can have a really positive impact. What do you think your relationship with education was like when you were growing up? Did you like school? Were you good at school? I remember when I was a child, I'd play school. So I have an interesting background in that both of my parents were teachers. My grandpa was on the school board. So when I was growing up, education was really looked at as a big deal. A lot of my family went to BYU. My dad even graduated from Oregon and went to uh, college in Washington. So, you know, college was always like such a big deal at our house and school was a big deal. So do you feel like your parents were really encouraging of you in pursuing college and pursuing a higher education? Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. I would say that was something that was ingrained into us from a really young age that college was the way to be successful. Not just because you got a degree, but because of all the learning that went behind it made you a more well-rounded, a more intelligent person, a problem solver, and a community member. And so it was really push to get higher education. When I got to college and I started taking some of the classes, that's when I realized the kind of life that I wanted to live didn't really fit in with fast-paced fashion design world. And so I actually, as a freshman, had kind of a little identity crisis. Well, if I'm not going to be a fashion designer, then what am I going to do? So what did you end up studying? So I remember having a long discussion with my parents, and my mom really 
pushed me into being a teacher, I think part of that came from the security that being a teacher gave both of my parents. I mean, it didn't pay a lot, but they definitely had security as far as having a steady paycheck, having benefits. They got health benefits and they had retirement um, was being saved up for all the time. And so my mom really pushed um, teaching as like a great career for being a mom. And so I thought home economics, I will do that because then all the classes that I had taken started to transfer over to the home ec. It just seemed like a good fit. For others, it can feel more controlling or stress-inducing. You know, a lot of parents, they, they say what? You have to study medicine or engineering. If you didn't yeah. study those two, you won't be a successful man. A cross-sectional survey of all the medical students in the College of Medicine at Akiti State University in Nigeria was done through a self-administered structured questionnaire to determine sociodemographics and the degrees of influence that parents and counselors had on students' choice of medicine as a career. The results revealed that most of the medical students were influenced by both parents and counselors in varying degrees, ranging from no influence to strong ones. When the students' decisions are swayed by parental preference, they end up following a vocation that they aren't interested in. At the same time, without practical guidance and support when pursuing interests, poor decisions can be made. For some people, the path of peers, or the first available option, seems to be the easiest choice. I had no idea what I wanted to do going in, uh, and I think that was part of the problem. The education system, in some ways, reinforces what uh, biases you might bring to the table. So uh, when I say that is, students today face a challenge in an anchoring bias which is that they anchor onto the first piece of information they receive. And in some cases, it can be uh, anchoring on a career that their parents chose, uh, uncle, someone that impressed them that, at a family gathering, or even a friend. And so when I, when I studied, I anchored on what my friends were doing and chose, uh, in lots of cases, in a couple times, the shiny light, uh, where there was opportunity based on what my friends were doing. And so after my undergraduate degree at BYU in International Studies, I went to work for IBM because high tech was the place to go. And one of my best friends went to work for IBM. And he set up the interview and, and I, I liked him and, and uh, followed him there. After my MBA at BYU, I decided to go in real estate development because again, that was, I was anchoring on what all my friends were doing at that time. And uh, in both cases, I found out that they were less meaningful than I had anticipated and at some point decided to pivot away uh, from those. But It is also surprisingly common for people to switch careers and paths throughout their life. Jen shares a little of her experience with this. Um, I needed to get a job right away that could help provide for my family while my husband was in college. and. Um, I knew that I couldn't teach right away. And so it ended up being in the circumstances that being a teacher um, wasn't something that was easily pursuable. So I ended up um, being an apartment manager and that worked out really great because we got our apartment and some money in trade for doing the apartment managing work. One of the situations I found myself in is after 10 years of managing apartments, we once again moved and we were able to buy a house and we had four children at this time. And so I got to be a stay-at-home mom for two years, two whole years. Wow. <laughs> and um, 
I had a chance to kind of say, now what do I want to do? And um, my apartment managing life was behind me. And um, going through the birth of my children, I had done some learning on how to be a doula, which is a birth support. And I had a friend who really, really wanted to be an EMT because there was a volunteer job opening. She encouraged me to come and do that with her. And she worked there for a total of a year. And I got to see kind of some of the things she had done. As a side note, when I did my training in home economics, I had to take a nursing course. It was a beginning nursing course. So I knew that there was a side of medical stuff that I was really interested in. Um, and she, we went over there um, to the fire station where she volunteered and she asked her boss, hi, this is my friend, and she's interested in doing a ride-along. And I kind of stared at her like, what are you talking about? And he said, are you interested? I said, yes, sir, I sure am. And so I did a ride-along on the ambulance, and that's all it took. And um, then I had to take the state exam. And that was a little terrifying to go back to school at the age of 40. <laughs> and so um, to start my career all over, but I loved it. It was a thrilling job and I did it for 12 and a half, almost 13 years. Yeah. Brett has his own theory on why this happens. Finding your vocation, you know, your chosen place uh, in society is an inside out process. You have self-awareness is the beginning of all wisdom. I believe Socrates said that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have to look inside and say, what are my strengths? Everybody has a different set of gifts, different set of talents. In a lot of cases, they're just cultivating their talents. And this is where I think education goes a little bit astray. We don't give enough opportunities for students to cultivate their talents and really discover what's different, what's unique, what's special about them. And then once you have that, you can start to cultivate your passions. You know, what am I intrinsically interested in? What would I do if no one paid me to do it? Where do I spend time and I lose track of time? So looking for that intrinsic motivation. And so once you have, so I could be really good at something but not passionate about it. I could be passionate about something but not really good at it. And the nexus of the two is really important um, because when you have idea of your passions and your strengths, you can then start to look outward. So once you have that inward self-awareness, you can look outward and say, what, what are the needs in society today? Where, where are the gaps? Where can I create value based on what I'm passionate about and what my strengths are? And that's where magic happens. When you align those three things together, you find something called your voice. Uh, that, that, that's your unique contribution uh, in society. Sometimes, starting out, it feels like there are fewer options. Sure, and I think some of that is growing up in a small town. You're kind of limited to seeing what's around you. And like I said, this was pre-internet, and so it's not like I could Google, and it's not like I could watch TikTok and see other things that other people were doing. Um, it was very much um, what I was exposed to or what was in books, and that was pretty much what we were able to see. Due to the increase in technology and growth in society, there are more options available to youth than ever before. For example, instead of following the traditional four-year college approach, a good portion of Gen Z is interested in pursuing alternative routes of education. In a survey with 2,200 high school students, many of the respondents, 74%, believe an education based in things like trade skills, nursing or science, technology, 
engineering, and mathematics make sense. More than half said the best place to learn is on the job. A little less than half expect companies to provide formal education to upgrade their skills. Because older generations are not accustomed to such platforms, making a decision like this can lead to confusion, confrontation, and disappointment between young students and older generations. Another factor for those picking a career is choosing one in line with their values and passions. In the wise words of Mark Anthony, if you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. Every job has its stresses and everyone has bad days, but most people report feeling fulfilled and happy in life when they have a job pertaining to something they are passionate about. Those we interviewed had their own thoughts on how their careers had brought meaning to their lives. Advice, okay, look, you know, I'm not uh, old enough to give advice, but I think which I passed, which I seen in my 20 years old, Look, you have to go and find something that you love. I really have enjoyed having continuing education throughout my life, you know. I, I worked in um, fast food when I was in high school, but because of the training I got there, I learned how to be a manager. And then because I had learned how to be a manager, it made me eligible to be an apartment manager. <laughs> and so every, it seems like everything that I learned in my life kind of helped me in the next area of my life. And I think that we all should be a little prepared for the changes that might come our way. I think one of the reasons my mom really pushed higher education is because she had a higher education. When she went through a divorce, she was left with three children and she had an education that was able to to sustain our family until she was able to get remarried. So that I think made her very passionate about this idea of being able to be self-sufficient, being able to take care of yourself and your family. So I think it comes down to the person. Um, there's, an inter- there's some interesting uh, research out of Yale that looks at uh, how people feel about their job and how that influences, um, how they see their job influences how they feel about their job and the meaning they, they, they find it. So they use the parable of the bricklayer. parable of the bricklayer is uh, you walk up to someone who's uh, uh, laying bricks and you say, what are you doing? They say, I'm laying bricks, duh. Uh, what do you think I'm doing? Uh, you go up to the next person. They're doing the same exact thing. You say, what are you doing? They say, I'm building a wall. And then you go up to the third person and the third person looks at you and says, I'm building a cathedral. They're doing the exact same thing, but how they see their job influences the level of commitment and engagement and energy they put into that job. And so there's people that see their job as something that's necessary. The person that's just building bricks is just something I have to do to get money. There's people who are building a wall who are who see themselves as building a career. Like this is a stepping stone for me to do this next thing. And that's somewhere in the middle of meaningful. And then there's the people who see themselves as building a cathedral. And those are the people that see themselves as uh, in their calling. Like this is the one of the most important things I'm doing in my life, period. To close our discussion, each of our guests has shared some advice for people who may be struggling with decisions in their educational or career path. 